Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to be ranking the countries in Epcot in terms of which one has the best restaurants, attractions, atmosphere, what our overall favorite countries are. Um, so this should be a lot of fun. Last time we were in Epcot, we had a lot of time there because we didn't have park hoppers. Um, so this was our trip from November. So if you haven't uh, heard our trip recap, go back and listen to that episode. But we didn't do park hoppers uh, back then because park hoppers was not available. <laughs> I was going to say because we couldn't. Exactly. So we, we got to spend a lot of time in each park. And we really got to spend a lot of time at Epcot when typically we're usually in there getting a few things to eat and then kind of moving on. And so it, it was nice just to really spend a lot of time just really taking in like the architecture and the atmosphere of the countries mm-hmm. um, and, and never really realized just how detailed and beautiful a lot of these countries really are. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you get a little spoiled moving from country to country because every every country is so well done and the architecture of every country is so well done. Um, it almost is hard to appreciate it. But yeah, we did spend a lot of time just going around and going into the different countries and checking everything out and watching all the circle visions. So yeah, we had a good time. Yeah. So I'm excited to kind of talk through what our favorite countries are. And we definitely would love to hear what our listeners' favorite countries are. So be sure to head over to our Facebook page, Enchanted Ears, and let us know what your favorite country in Epcot is. But before we get into talking about the Epcot countries in more detail, we're going to cover some Disney news. I think the big news of the week was the release of the new cruise ship, the Disney Wish. So Disney had about a half-hour presentation of this, which I thought was really well done. You know, during it was the, a lot of fun. Yeah, during the pandemic... A lot of companies are doing this. Like I know Apple's done this and, and Disney's done this as well for a lot of their presentations where they're pre-recorded. And so they're not like these live presentations. And I actually think they're better than just live presentations on a stage because it allows them to change locations, kind of get you know more detail and, and really build a story through than just you know coming up on stage and saying, here's what the wish looks like. And so I, I wonder if companies will keep this because I think it makes for a better experience overall. I mean, you could really feel the Disney magic. The it, it had a lot of showmanship to it. You got to see a lot of different people and characters. Um, everybody, like a bunch of people involved. They also incorporated some Disney magic. I mean, I think Tinkerbell might have made it. Uh, Olaf. Fairy godmother. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to think of in the beginning, Tinkerbell was there. So we had the fairy god godmother. We had Olaf. You know, we had, oh, what was her name? Ashley, the cruise director, was getting like transported magically from place to place in the ship. And it was just a really fun time. It was. So let's talk through some of the stuff that's going on in this ship. Because probably like five to ten minutes in, I was just like, I'm ready. Like, just <laughs> when can I sign up? Like, I don't even need to see anymore. Like, they, they have enough. But the bookings for The Wish are going to start uh, May 27th this year, and the inaugural cruise is going to be in June of next year. But the ship is going to have the first ever attraction on a Disney cruise ship, so it's going to be an aqua coaster. It's called the Aqua Mouse. It's based on the Mickey Mouse cartoons, just like Runaway Railway. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like Runaway Railway at sea, <laughs> but it looks awesome. No word yet if Chuby will make an appearance. I, I really hope so. Maybe there'll really be some hard. sort of like fish chuby or something like that. I think that's Gubbles. 
Gubbles. Okay. Yeah, Gubbles. Gubbles co- uh, appears in the cartoons, so I'm thinking it's Gubbles. All right, so maybe, maybe we'll get a Gubbles appearance in there. He's orange, too. All right. They really like orange. They do. They really do. But there is going to be a, a Marvel dinner show, which is, is pretty awesome. There's going to be a Star Wars like lounge and bar area for adults only. And I really see this as them trying to sell you on the hotel because the hotel in galaxy's edge is going to be priced like a cruise. And so I kind of feel like they're going to get people on the cruise ship. You're going to go to this bar that makes it seem like you're an outer space star Wars themed. And you're like, this is awesome. And they're going to say, wouldn't you love to do this for three days? So why don't you come and stay at our hotel? Like there'll be people there just to sell you a trip at the hotel. So I think that's a a smart move. And then they're also going to have a frozen dinner cabaret show, which sounds really good. So there's just like a ton of different stuff there. You know, new Broadway shows, Star Wars, Marvel has everything. There's also an Imagineering lab. And I think this is a big miss because it's only for kids. Disney adults want to go to the Imagineering lab too. I'm very upset by this. They they made it a repeated emphasis that it is children only and it, and it made me upset that's my one reason why i may not go on this See, cruise i was worried i was upset about the slide you know they have the, like the secret entrance to, to the kids, a kids club. club and i and then he said we have an, a door for adults and i'm like but i want to take the slide well they said less adventurous adults maybe they'll yeah, let they you said slide less ad- yes that's right they said less adventurous adults that's right i think first you need a kid to go to the kids club and then maybe they'll let you go down the slide. But, but the Imagineering lab, they repeatedly said children only. And Hey, again, they need an Imagineering lab for adults because I want to be an Imagineer. So I'm very upset by that. But the rest of it, I mean, it just looks incredible. The ship looks beautiful. The images they showed on this video were like artist renditions and they look real. So if it looks anything like that, uh, this ship is just going to be spectacular. Yeah, it kind of has the grandeur of the Titanic. <laughs> so, um, well, I don't know if we can <laughs> compare it to the Titanic. It does. I mean, I'm I'm teaching about the Titanic right now, so it's uh, the very obvious uh, parallels I can see. But yeah, it it looks absolutely beautiful. There's so many things to do abor- on board. I actually said to Joe when we're watching it, I'm like, I don't even know if you'd even need to get off the ship, like, would you even have time to do that because of all the performances and things that are going to be happening on board? It's almost seems like it is so entertaining to be there. It's an amuse, almost an amusement park in its own that you don't want to maybe even get off. I mean, I'm sure you would, but you know, yeah, there's a time with all the restaurants, like you said, the shows and everything, they're definitely keeping you busy. Uh, And it, it looks amazing. Now, no word on pricing yet. Um, I have to imagine it's going to be a lot, but we'll take my money. We'll see. Um, (laughs) We talked a couple weeks ago about, you know, kind of the cruise industry and if, if Disney's going to need help booking cruises and actually a friend of the podcast and our resident travel agent, Becky over at Castle Dreams Travel, uh, she reached out and said, actually, there's a ton of demand right now for Disney cruises. And, and I didn't realize this, but the past year since the cruise line has been closed, anybody that had booked a cruise when Disney canceled, they gave them the option to either get a refund or to get a credit for a future cruise. So there's a lot of people out there that just took a credit and are just waiting to book a cruise as soon as they can. And so she mentioned that she's constantly getting asked about when are the the cruise bookings going to open up and people want to use their credit so that actually going into next year until Disney works off some of those credits, 
it's going to be in really high demand. So it was actually you know really good insight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I didn't realize all these people had those credits. But you know, if you are looking to book a cruise, you know, definitely reach out to to Becky over at Castle Dreams Travel. We'll put her email uh, in the description. She can help you you know book your cruise, or if you have a credit, help you work through that. But yeah, so it seems like our plan of maybe getting a good deal on a cruise next year, <laughs> uh, maybe out the window. We may have to wait a little bit. Uh, but eventually, I would love to uh, take a cruise on the Wish. Absolutely. Also, May, with the May the 4th quickly approaching this week, Disney has some really interesting food and beverage offerings that are going to be kind of appearing in the parks for a very limited time, basically till like the 5th for most of these things. So Just um, one day? They're doing all this for one day? So a lot of them range from basically April 30th to May 5th. So okay. it's it's, you know, like a week, right. give or take, for a lot of it, but... They have a lot of little cakes, a lot of little... Um, my favorite thing that I I saw on this list is the Millennium Falcon Chocolate Pop, which is a milk chocolate pop with crispy pearls, and it looks just like a little Millennium Falcon. That's good. The Baby Yoda dessert oh. looks really good, too. It's really cute. It reminds me of what they serve at Suli Canteen. It kind of looks like those little... Um, like kinda, the little cheesecake pods? Yeah, yeah. But it's it, just green? Yeah, it's a dome cake. It's a chiffon cake with cookies and cream mousse so I, I mean it looks really cute um the other thing that excites me on this list actually there's two other things there is a funnel cake which is black and white funnel cake with strawberries space dust i don't know if that sounds edible but sure we'll go for that disney in candy rocks so that sounds kind of fun and that's actually only available for two days and that's in hollywood studios at epic eats and then the other thing that i thought sounded really delicious actually and i'm not even that big of a popcorn fan is at hyperion animation and hollywood popcorn carts at hollywood studios they have interstellar sweet and crunchy popcorn and it kind of looks like it has maybe in it some uh pecans and even almost looks like it has chocolate it has some sort of brown sprinkles on top so it looks interesting and I feel like it's sort of like a trail mixy slash popcorny thing. So I think that that would be really delicious to try. And that, again, is only available for the fourth and the fifth. Yeah, I just love that Disney goes through all this trouble making specialty desserts and snacks. And they're out there for three days. And then yeah. they're like, all right, we're done. Yeah, I don't understand why they don't make it available for the entire month of May. I think they're trying to pull locals in. They're trying to just give locals a reason to come <laughs> for like three days. They're like, hey, you want to come? You have to be here, you know, almost immediately. Though I will say the park pass reservations have been booking up very quickly through May and June. So I don't think they're really struggling to get people to come into the parks. And so, you know, typically that's why they do this type of thing. They do, you know, limited time things or they do the festivals because they're trying to get locals, like the repeat visitors to come back. But with park pass reservations filling up so quickly, even if the locals wanted to come for this, they may not be able to. So Yeah, and oh, before before we kind of leave this little topic here, there is a Darth Vader stein that is served with a fountain drink and available at Backlot Express, ABC Commissary, Rosie's All-American Cafe, and Hollywood Studios, and it looks pretty cool. So I think that this is like a little collectible thing, kind of like your um, Orange Bird zippers. So I would definitely, if I was down there, probably get one of these. Definitely. And the last thing, got to be sure to mention, I'm sure... Everybody's aware if you've been on Facebook, if you're a fan of Disney, Disneyland opened. So Disneyland opened on April 30th. So all of the U.S. parks are back open. It was really great to see the park open 
the first day cast members were just lined mm. on Main Street waving to people. I could only imagine what it would be like to be there for that reopening because, you know, as a guest there, you haven't been to Disneyland in over a year because it's been closed. I think it's close to 400 days plus. And then, you know, the cast members haven't been working, so they're happy to be back. The guests are happy to be there. It had to have been uh, a completely surreal and kind of like emotional experience. There was, there's pictures of like guests crying and I, everything. I could I could see that. I think that I think I would probably cry too because it the magic is finally coming back and these people are able to finally go back to work and we're able to finally go to a wonderful amusement park that makes us super happy. Right. And again, it's still only open for California residents. Disney was reminding people that you, you may need proof of residency when you go. I'm not sure if they were actually asking for that when people went, but again, it's, it's only open for California residents remains to, to see how long that will be. I believe universal has started to say that as long as you have proof of being fully vaccinated, you can be out of state. So I'm not sure if Disney will follow that soon. I will say their park pass reservations right now only go till the end of June. So does that mean July it's going to open up to more people? I'm not sure. It remains Fingers to be seen. Crossed. But it it it's, was really good and it was really you know exciting to see Disneyland reopen. And like you said, it it means a lot to the cast members. It means a lot to the people of California. So it was really great that that it's open. Yeah. All right, so let's jump into Epcot. So Epcot has 11 different countries. Right. So those are Mexico, Norway, China, Germany, Italy, United States, Japan, Morocco, France, United Kingdom, and Canada. We wanted to kind of break down these in in a couple different categories. So we'll kind of talk through like the restaurants, which one we think has the best food, you know, the best attractions, the best just kind of, you know, atmosphere, shopping experience, and then kind of our, our overall favorite. And, you know, I will say this is kind of our opinions, you know, so <laughs> we've not necessarily eaten at every restaurant in Epcot or, or you know, shopped at every single, you know, shop in, in every single country. So we definitely probably are biased a little bit to the ones we visit more often, but I don't think you can go wrong really with any of these countries. Right. And I do think Epcot is a challenging one, especially since they started to do the different food booths to actually eat at all of the countries. Because now when we go, I always want to try the limited time food booths as opposed to going to eat at some of the restaurants. So um, that's a little on me. Yeah. So let's start with restaurants. So I kind of want to talk about, you know, some of the countries that have multiple restaurants in them, because I definitely think you know, whenever you're looking for a country, you want something with, you know, a good mix, you know, multiple options there. So like the American Pavilion has the Regal Eagle Smokehouse, which is really highly rated on touring plans as a 92% uh, thumbs up rating. Um, But that's kind of like barbecue. And that's the only restaurant there where, you know, Japan has uh, three restaurants now. They have uh, a high end Takumi Thai they have Tapan Ito, which is kind of like a hibachi, which is very highly rated. They also have a sushi cart there. And I think France has the most restaurants overall. So they have two sit-down restaurants, uh, Le Chefs de France and Monsieur Paul. They also have the patisserie. And they have the top-rated ice cream cart, mm. 97%. So that's definitely a, a really strong contender. And I, I do think you know it, it really depends – on what foods you like because right. it's not like you're going to go to France and they're going to have 
German food, you know, or they're going to have, uh, you know, Mexican, spaghetti. Mexican food. Yeah, exactly. They're not going to have spaghetti <laughs> over in Canada. And so, you know, that kind of plays into it too. So if you're not big on French food, you know, or Italian food, which, I, you know, I'm not sure who's not big on, you know, Italian food. I mean, just look at the, how quickly those never ending pasta bowls sell out the Olive Garden. Um, <laughs> Not saying that that's you know quintessential Italian, but you know it, it really comes down to kind of your your preference on a lot of things. So you know I, I don't really think you can necessarily go wrong. You know for us we eat at Le Cellier a lot. That's mm-hmm. kind of probably our, our go to for a sit down meal. Yeah, they have a lot of options there. And again, just because you're not maybe a big fan of steak, you don't eat steak, doesn't mean you can't eat there. Their poutine is incredible. Uh, They can make it many different ways. They can make it vegetarian if you ask them to. And their bread service is really delicious. They have what I like to call the yum yum rolls, which are amazing. (laughs) Um, So uh, they have great like their Brussels sprouts are pretty good. I'm not really a big fan of sweet Brussels sprouts, but it, oh, all in all, they're amazing. Right. But I, I think for me, one of my favorite places to eat is the UK. I love, <laughs> I love getting the fish and chips there. I think that's one of the, the better food offerings. I, I kind of feel like every time I go, I'm always stopping there for fish and chips. And so for me, I think the UK... And then probably Canada as well is like the best food options for me. So I think I'm going to go with Canada if I want to get a sit down meal. But then if I'm just doing like quick service, again, it's kind of my preference. I really like the fish and chips uh, over at the Yorkshire Fish and Chips. They have the, the quick service window there. And so you can kind of get that grab and go. That's kind of my go to. I mean, I know, again, there's a lot of other you know, great options. You know, if you're looking for a drink, Mexico's great for the margaritas. But I, I think those are what I'm going with. I think I'm going to go with Canada and the UK. For me, I mean, it, it kind of, I don't even really, I like the the food carts, like I said, instead of the restaurants. But Les LA is always my favorite. I always want to try the avocado margarita at Mexico. But usually when we go, again, there's one of those food cards and I'm like, do I want to spend like $11 for a margarita or I could get like two food offerings from one of the carts. So I always, I'm not much of a, I don't like to drink that much. So I just kind of go for other things, but I am going to have to order that the next time we get down there. That's the one thing I enjoy about Disney is that there's always more to try. So I'm, I'm, Looking forward to one day trying to eat in France, but it might not be our next trip or the trip after that. But I, I know that they're, the, they're in my mind, but I will get the ice cream there next time we go. Yeah, and I will say, you know, with Ratatouille opening up, France is going to be getting another restaurant. So, I mean, I think in terms of just overall number of restaurants and quality, I mean, I definitely think France is up there. So I could see France, you know, being a top pick for a lot of people, especially when they're going to be getting another restaurant opening there. I mean, it's just incredible how much food they have over in France. It's popping in France. All right. So moving on to best attractions. Now I will say definitely Mexico. Okay. I don't know about that. They have cardboard cutouts in their rides now, so I'm not sure they get a demerit for that one. That's exactly what makes it so wonderful. Okay. But you know, really when you look at the countries, I mean, originally they were all supposed to have an attraction associated with them. But a lot of them don't. I mean, most of them don't have attractions. If you really look at it, it's kind of, you know, future world, the front of the park that has all the attractions. It has the thrill rides with 
with test track and you know spaceship earth and everything there's not really a ton of thrilling detailed attractions you know you have the circle vision movies which are good but they're kind of just movies you know i mean they 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 definitely are good the update to canada is is really good but again i mean it's it's kind of a movie like i'm not sure that i would call that like an incredible attraction so it's not something that you have to go to every time you go to disney world right so you know i think kind of by default, at least for me, Norway has the best attraction with Frozen Ever After. Now, again, I think once France gets Remy, that could change. But I think for now, Frozen Ever After for me is much better than any of the Circle Vision movies. I will say, I think the problem with Norway is there's really nothing else in yeah. Norway. And and that is one of the things. Like Norway is like a very small pavilion. There's not, I feel like, a ton going on there and it's not as detailed as a lot of the other countries which which we'll kind of talk about but I mean if you look at like Italy and Morocco just the architecture there is absolutely beautiful when you know Norway does have beautiful architecture it just doesn't seem as detailed to me but again Frozen Ever After I feel is far and above the best attraction in terms of the countries and potentially even in the park for right now. Yeah, I think that as far as um, attractions concerned, yeah, you're definitely right with it having to be Norway. But I will say that Germany, if you want to talk about, you know, a country with a lot of culture, um, the cultural attractions there are really interesting and they're not rides. They do have the trains. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's a good attraction. I mean, those are are fun to watch the trains. Sometimes they derail. You can watch that. I mean, that that is pretty fun. It's, I think it takes some time. I think the last time we were there, I said that those trains need an update. I think that they need a little bit of, of TLC. But they have some really interesting live performances that seem really steeped in culture. Um, one of them that they have is in the beer garden, and they played the bells. It's insane um, how fast this these people who play these bells have to pick them up and ring them and put them down to play these different songs. If you have never seen this, go check out the YouTube videos because they are fascinating. And I would definitely love to go see this in person because it was impressive. That kind of gets into, you know, atmosphere and again, kind of like the shows and like you said, the culture and the architecture of it. You know, I kind of want to talk about those of, you know, which, country has kind of yeah it's most detailed and i kind of throw shopping in there as well because i think that adds to like the atmosphere and the experience of it you know and i already mentioned morocco which i think has some of the top architecture and i do think it integrates its shopping very well because it kind of has like that open air market feel right and it it feels very authentic that shopping experience and it pretty seamlessly blends into Morocco. So I, I definitely have Morocco kind of high on my list. I also think, you know, we mentioned Italy. You know, I think Italy is is very well done. It's interesting about Italy because it's not just one location. It's kind of a, a mix of a lot of different locations. They pull in places from Venice and Rome. I do think the problem for me with Italy is it needs an attraction. I really yeah. think adding like gondolas, like what they had like, at Disney Sea. Right. Like they were supposed to have. Yeah. You know, they, they, they have a, a great gondola attraction at Disney Sea. And I think if you added that into Italy, it would really just elevate it. 
I mean, I think the thing about Italy that's the most interesting is something that's super like on the low key, which is they via Napoli imports water from Pennsylvania for their pizza, for the water that they use for their pizza in or because it's the most similar to the water in Naples, which is absolutely mind blowing. All right, there you go. You don't need to go to Naples, you just need to go to Pennsylvania. But <laughs> yeah, so I, I think Italy with an attraction would be better. But for me, Morocco's great. I think China has probably the most detail and just kind of beauty of it. I really enjoy walking through China. Their, their gardens there um, are incredible. They have the replica of the Temple of Heaven there. They occasionally have the Jewel Dragon acrobats there. Uh, so right now, I, I don't think they're there. I think a lot of the, the shows and stuff aren't there right now because the international program is, is kind of shut down with COVID. But you know, another country, and this may edge out China for me a little bit, is Japan. And Japan is incredibly detailed and they have the Tory gate outside the pagodas the zen gardens but i think their shopping experience is what puts it over the top for me and there's just like something about japan i don't know that's always like just captured me from the beginning and i think it's just like whenever you go shopping that oyster show that they have in there where they're, where they're opening the pearls. Which is kind of a bummer if you think about it. <laughs> That's true, yeah. So I'm trying not to think about it. But but it's just always real high energy in there. It is. Like there's always just a ton going on. There's like on. a buzz in the air. Yeah, and they have like the bright colors and they have the like anime characters and the Pokemon and everything. And it's just such you know high energy and there's always a ton going on. And so I think it's like a good mix because it's very zen and relaxing outside. Inside is just always very high energy. And they also have the gallery that shows the kawaii culture. For me, I think I'm between Japan and China as kind of my top countries just in terms of like atmosphere and detail and everything. Yeah, I think that you're completely wrong. Uh, I okay. think that you are missing probably the best country. And I think that that country is Mexico. First of all, the exterior of Mexico is really cool. And then when you actually can go inside, the marketplace is really fun. I love the Dia de los Muertos giant statues. And I love watching the people painting the little uh, sugar skulls. I enjoy looking at those. They're super expensive. But one of these days, I'm going to bring one home because they have really... They have like elephants and all kinds of different animals. Um, and I just think, I think that the paint, the fact that they're painting them just, and the bright colors, uh, the vibrancy of the Mexican culture. I mean, that really attracts me. So I think that that is my favorite place to be. So I think that that one, I just feel like the energy of the Mexican culture when I'm in there. Yeah, that's interesting that you picked that. I think for me, I feel like Mexico is kind of small. I feel it that is. about a lot of the countries. And, and that was one of the notes I had on Morocco as well. It's detailed. But I kind of feel like Morocco starts to blend in to the countries around it. And kind of the same with like Norway, like we talked about. Like there's not much going else on in Norway besides the attraction. I feel like a lot some of the countries just feel a little compact and that they don't have enough space. So like Mexico, you mentioned um, incredibly detailed and it does have a good shopping, and everything, but it's all in one building. So you're kind of all in one space for everything, for the attraction, for the restaurant, for the shopping, you all have to go into one line. And so it can get crowded very it quickly can. in there. And, you know, I think some of the countries that are smaller like that, 
suffer a little bit. Like I think Mexico, if it was a little bit more spread out and maybe the shopping was in a different building from the restaurant, I think that would help it because I, I do think they, they could have taken up a little bit more space. And so I think that's why, like to me, you know, Italy, there's a ton of room. France even, especially with the ex- expansion, there's a lot of room. And I think the countries that are a little bit bigger, China's like that too, that you have a little bit more room to explore and everything's not just in one place that everybody has to cram into, I think makes it better. I think that's for me, that hurts Mexico a little bit, the fact that everybody's all in the same spot and that that hurts the atmosphere a bit. I am curious because how much extra space Mexico has because if you, you know, read up about this, a lot of these countries do have extra space that was intended for the ride. So it is really interesting that they've never developed any of that. I mean, again, I'm assuming here that they do have this extra space because I think a lot of that might be warehouse um, area and things like that. But you're right. It does feel really small in Mexico. And yeah, oftentimes you have to wait in line to get in. But I almost feel like I'm on a, a street in Mexico. But it, it is. It's super small. It's not like when you're going through Morocco and you can pop in the different storefronts and it actually feels like you are popping in a storefront in Morocco. Potentially. Right. Right. Yeah. Mexico is kind of a pinch point just in terms of the park that that right. kind of whole walkway can get very crowded. Yeah. So for me, in terms of atmosphere, I don't want to be in a place where mm-hmm. I'm kind of crammed in. So but that, I think that's a you know good pick. And again, I don't think you can go wrong with with any of these countries. So in terms of overall favorites. Uh, again, I, I kind of mentioned this. For some reason, Japan holds a special place in my heart, mm-hmm. and I always want to go to Japan. Like I, I always want to visit that country when I'm there. And again, I think it's it's the high energy of the shopping. It's the fact that it, it is very zen outside. It's not in a super congested area like Mexico is. So there's not you know everybody walking through there. There's a little bit more space, and kind of you know that top half of world showcase doesn't get as much traffic. So, you know, Japan, Italy, the American pavilion, Morocco, it's a little bit more relaxed up there than I feel like than if you're in like Mexico or even Canada, you know, there's a ton of people kind of down lower. So for me, it's, it's, it's just a good mix. It has good architecture, has good atmosphere. I wish it had an attraction. Obviously, I think that would put it over the top. But for me, and again, this is kind of just a sentimental favorite. It's Japan. But I do think once Remy opens, France is going to be a tough contender because it's going to be the complete package. Well, speaking of Japan, Japan has probably one of the most interesting histories of the different attractions that were supposed to go there. For example, they were supposed to have something called Meet the World. Um, it was going to be on a rotating platform, but then there was issues with the the platform and it caused like structural issues. So they had to back off. And then also they had this idea for a roller coaster that would be like the Matterhorn, but it would be Mount Fuji. And that sounds incredible. And I wish it would have happened. But then, then there was another one that was a circle vision based on Shinkansen, which is the bullet train. So I, I mean, Japan has so much potential and some of the ideas that have been thrown around for it sound so interesting and it would be like you were in the bullet train and then the like you'd be seeing the countryside so I I think that they really need to reconsider doing some of these things with Japan because you're right I mean it has so much already to offer and it just had if it had just a little bit more it would be I think the perfect place but 
I would have to unfortunately not make this very interesting and agree with you that France very, very soon is going to be my favorite country because Remy, I think, is going to be incredible. Um, again, Frozen in Norway is really great, except for the fact that Norway, other than that, you know, they have like that one shop where you can buy all the Helly Henson stuff. You know, it's a great place to go if it's really cold in Disney that day and you didn't bring a warm coat. Um, you know, that's a great place to go. But other than that, yeah, there's the three no- days that it's cold in Disney. <laughs> You know, hey, we we went there that one time. We went on one of those three days. You're yes, right, we but did. It, it was about three days though that it's <laughs> it's cold. But yeah, so there's not much going on in Norway other than that. So I think that France, for all of the food that's there and um, some of like the culture, and then finally in Remy, I think that the, that is going to be just the perfect intersection of everybody's dream. I think it's going to get really crowded though. So you might have a you know, this is much bigger than Mexico, but you might have a Mexico kind of situation coming pretty soon. Have a lot of people. Right? Yeah, the nice thing is with with Remy, they are expanding the pavilion, so they're adding kind of space to to increase the capacity of the people there. But you're right. I I, I think France is is going to be up there. I think I'm still going to have Japan again mm-hmm. uh, as as my number one. But it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, once Remy opens, in, in terms of countries that aren't currently in Epcot. So if we got a new country, because there's always rumors that there's going to be another country coming. I think most recently, everybody thought Brazil was going to get announced when they announced the Epcot expansion, but they have not announced a new country. So if they would announce a new country, like what what would be your pick for the country? Like what country would you want to come to Epcot? Okay, so I think in terms of countries that would could potentially come to Epcot, definitely I think somewhere in like South America would be really, really interesting. Um, so like Brazil? So uh, yeah, Brazil or like Peru, like the Rainbow Mountains, that would be something that I think can create a really cool attraction if they did the Rainbow Mountains. And again, if you've never seen those, check them out, look them up online. Um, they look beautiful. And I think that you could have some sort of trip or roller coaster ride or something through the Rainbow Mountains. So, and I think that the cuisine there might be really interesting. Um, so I, I think that maybe Peru would be really fun. Or, I, I mean, it's really far away, English speak, speaking country, New Zealand. Uh, the fact New Zealand, Joe and I had the fortune of being able to go there and New Zealand was one of the friendliest places we've ever been. Uh, we really enjoyed going there. There's a lot of like wildlife and really cool things. Uh, there's the Maori culture, which is super interesting. So I could see that also being adapted to be one of the countries. And I think it would be awesome. Yeah. For me, I, I was going to say New Zealand because I do think, New Zealand and kind of you know, maybe it's not specifically New Zealand maybe it's kind of like Polynesia right. and, and kind of all the the Pacific countries there but to your point I think there's there's a lot of great culture right. a lot of great architecture mm-hmm. that that's kind of you know Oh my goodness all that woodwork Yes yeah so you know I think those are two things you know Disney looks for uh yeah great food people but I think the the thing that also helps because you know Disney does not build these countries unless Somebody else is paying for it, <laughs> or they have an attraction that they can go in there. So we're already getting a Moana water walkthrough, but Moana kind of takes place in Polynesian culture, right? So I think you could have a Moana attraction kind of anchoring this country, and so I think that gives 
Disney the incentive because they know they kind of have a built-in audience. You know, they, they don't want to build a country that they don't know whether it's going to work or not. But if you put a Moana attraction in there and you know you have a built-in audience, people are going to want to go see it. And I think, again, I, I think they could do it really well just because like you talked about the culture and the architecture and everything. So I, mean, I would be a fan of, of New Zealand. And there's nothing like that too because we don't really have any like island nations in the World Showcase. So there's some ability there to almost create something like Disney Springs where they have that beautiful waterway and the blue water. Um, that would be really cool if they could build something like that where you're kind of traveling from island to island and seeing all the beautiful plants and it would work well because it's Florida so it's hot anyway. Yeah, I think I think that that would be really cool. Yeah, you could get some good like live entertainment and shows and everything. There's a lot they could do. I, I think... New Zealand would and, be a great pick for another country. I think it's far enough away. You know, Hawaii and Tahiti and all the Bora Bora. Those are all countries that people aspire to go to. So that would be, I mean, Hawaii is not a country, but you know, um, those are all places people aspire to go to. So to bring that to World Showcase, I think would be a huge attraction. Definitely. So I think that wraps up the show for this week. Again, we would love to hear what your thoughts are. What country do you think they should put in the World Showcase? What's your favorite current country? Um, are you looking forward to Remy? Do you think France is going to you know, take the cake once Remy opens? Oh, nice pun. <laughs> Thanks. Didn't even mean to do that. So, But but be sure to head over to our Facebook page, Enchanted Ears, uh, and let us know your thoughts. Again, want to thank everybody Again, for listening this week. Next week, we will have part one of our interview with Disney legend Tom Nabby. So if you're not subscribed, be sure to do that so you'll get notified when that episode drops next week. And if you have not done so already, please leave us a rating or a review. Uh, it really helps us grow our audience. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.